0: That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. You are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV. hello hello what's up Billy here forbidden knowledge the famous four what's happening thank you everyone for joining me live tonight for my live podcast this is actually uh, part three of a series I've been doing talking about the evidence of the Anunnaki on earth and so if you if you missed part one and part two you can find them on forbiddenknowledge.tv. Just go to 4BK.TV and you can watch them over there. Okay, each one is about an hour, hour and a half long. And uh, for the first two episodes, I was really talking about I'm trying to build circumstantial evidence for the, um, you know, for the case that the Anunnaki not only were here, but that they were on Earth engaging mankind. And so, like I said before, in a court of law. You know, we, we have our system set up over here, our institutions set up basically. Uh, you know, if you have enough circumstantial evidence in a case, you can win the case, right? You can win the argument. And so, what I've been doing is pulling together circumstantial evidence from various different sources from all around the world, evidence in ancient texts, tablets, scriptures, cylinder scrolls, papyruses, uh, from uh, actual historians. Linguists, translators, uh, uh, authors, and of course, ancient sites and putting it all together and saying, hey, we have a very strong case that the Internet not only were real, but that they also engaged mankind on this planet, the planet Earth. Right. And so that's what we're doing. I see everybody here in the chat. Hello, everyone. I see all the great messages and all the hellos. I got the Batman shirt on today. OK, because that's my superpower every day. I'm Batman. I got to go with the knowledge. That's the only thing Batman has is the way he thinks. Right. He, or he exercises and he thinks. That's all. Yeah. That's all he has. And he's got to make that work. You know, so uh, every day I'm Batman, every day I'm Batman. I got the Batman watch on today. All right. So uh, I'm going to go in today. It's going to be uh, episode three, basically evidence of the Anunnaki. And I'm gonna so I'm gonna start off on the PowerPoint where I left off from last week. I was getting ready to go into the solar system. So the first the first couple of episodes were about the ancient war in the Pleiadian star system. People then, uh, because planets were getting destroyed, fleeing from those uh, from those planets and those that region of that sector of the galaxy, and moving on to other areas, other star systems because of the damage and the debris that was causing havoc in their sector. And so they had to create breakaway civilizations. They became space refugees. Literally. Uh, we talked about some of them ending up in Orion, L um, Zeta reticulous and Sirius AB and C and, and various, and you know, the dog star and everything, various different star systems. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we also talked about the fact that some even, uh, crash landed on a planet that orbited a brown dwarf star, which gravitationally was captured by our solar system here. And that is, uh, we know, in the Enuma Elish calls it the planet Nibiru. Nibiru orbits a brown dwarf star. And now modern astronomers have found that star. They have found that solar system, that mini solar system within our Oort cloud, our inner Oort cloud area, And it's now called the inner Oort cloud. And there are two solar systems, ours and a secondary one that does exist. And so and they orbit each other. So we're going to go into that today a little bit. All right. So I appreciate that. Um, Let me make sure. This mic is properly attuned here. One second, let me just check the mic, mic check just to make sure. Yes, I am on the LCS. Okay. We're good there. All right. Excellent. All right, guys, please hit the like button. No matter where you are, I'm on a lot of platforms today at once. If you can hit the like button wherever you are, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or wherever you see me right now, please hit the like button. I would really, really appreciate that. Okay. It helps the engagement and it helps to uh, get more people to watch the video. And also if you can, please share the video. That will help as well. You can share the video. Okay. Uh, We're going to, go in here and do a little share screen, and let me go to share my screen here, share my screen, okay, next window, and I'm gonna pull up a PowerPoint presentation, and let's see here, here we go, boom, share, okay, now that we have the share screen up i'm going to pull up this video at the same time on another platform so i can make sure that what i'm showing is always accurate before i get started because i want to make sure everything is functioning and running properly we don't want to waste any energy okay all right looks good now What you see on the screen here is the Hubble sky book right here. I'm going to go back one. This is the Hubble sky book. Where I left off last week was the fact that we took the Hubble telescope and we looked at a tiny little dot in the sky. Right. Straight up, straight out there. Just a tiny little area. And what we saw was two trillion galaxies in that little pinprick of light. Once we zoomed in with that incredible technology, we're able to distinguish over two trillion galaxies, not planets, not suns, galaxies, each holding billions of stars. So we know that the universe is amazingly huge. Uh, It may potentially be infinite, not because it's infinite in size at this exact moment, but because wherever consciousness goes, consciousness actually expands our reality. Right. So the more you look, the deeper you look, the more you're going to find, the more the edge of the universe just is going to become further and further out. Now, we do know that there is a redshift happening, which means in a redshift, that means that things are moving away from you, right? And we know that by specific calculations in redshift, we can tell that the galaxies are all moving away from a central uh, starting point. And so that gives us an idea of the expansion of the universe itself. And it can also give us an idea of the actual speed in which it is expanding. Now, according to astrophysicists, the universe is actually expanding much faster than it should be expanding based on the amount of matter and mass in the universe itself. And so that leads us to an understanding of dark matter and dark energy that is helping with that expansion and it's creating the extra um force that's needed to create this level of expansion at that speed and when we say dark we don't mean dark as in uh black dark means that we just can't see with the human eye and with specific instruments But we do know that is there is light waves dark energy is our light waves dark matter is a form of wavelengths uh that exist with something that's giving it some base uh base matter Base mass, I'm sorry. Maybe like a Higgs boson is giving something mass there. And that mass is actually creating this expansion. It's pretty interesting stuff. But anyway, so we we talked about this yesterday. We ended really here. But now we're going to get into the next part. Right now, we're looking at our solar system. Right. And um, we're looking at where we are right now here where it says sun. Right. And so let me just do a quick check here, by the way, on this video to make sure I'm in the right place and just make sure you guys can see me. Just want to make. yep, it looks good. So right here where you see this, this, the sun, this little circle and the little dot, that's where we are. We're on the like the the boondocks of the Milky Way galaxy. We're out there like in this outer region, one of these outer arm bands that orbits the supermassive black hole at the center. OK, and we are in a, a a fairly quiet region, to be honest with you, which is probably why we've been given our moment in the sun at this time. As far as us, meaning humans, to develop and grow and everything else without that many calamities. Uh, however, it didn't really start off this way. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, the story on how we got here. When I'm talking to people about aliens and saying that aliens exist and aliens engaged, uh, this planet and 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 did this and did that. A lot of people tend to get very offended by that. Believe it or not, they get angry sometimes because they think that I'm taking away the accomplishments of, of our ancestors when it's actually not true. What they don't understand is because they haven't really listened to my work at all, is I'm telling you that our ancestors are not from this planet is what I'm telling you. They're not little tiny green men with antennas on their head. We look like them and they look like us to a certain extent. A lot of them had much bigger cranial mass than us, but we would recognize them as a bilateral, bipedal hominid person. Uh, The only difference is their, their, their stature was much larger than ours and they appeared to be godlike because they had a lot of knowledge and they had a lot of technology. And so because of that, we deified them and worshipped them, okay? Now, another thing we have to realize is that even the people on this planet, humans, homo sapiens, sapien, we're not even from here. Matter of fact, the planet itself isn't even from the Milky Way galaxy. Let me explain. Scientists now know we are not from here. This is an official peer-reviewed science report. Imagine the shock of growing up in a loving family with the people you call mom and dad, and then suddenly learning that you are actually adopted. This is the sense of shock that came as scientists announced that the sun, the moon, and our planet and its siblings were not born into the familiar band of stars known as the Milky way galaxy, but we actually belong to a strange formation with the unfamiliar name of the Sagittarius dwarf galaxy. Not the Sagittarius constellation, The Sagittarius Dwarf Galaxy. All history books have already been rewritten. All astrophysics books have already been rewritten. This is now new peer-reviewed science that's actually being taught at university. This is not a mystery. It's not a conspiracy. This is now science fact. Using volumes of data from the 2-micron all-sky survey and 2-mass infrared, which is my favorite mode to look at the sky in, A major project to survey the sky in infrared light uh, light led by the University of Massachusetts, the astronomers are answering questions that have baffled scientists for decades and proving that our own Milky Way is consuming one of its neighbors in a dramatic display of ongoing galactic cannibalism. In other words, we are merging with another galaxy and have been for a very, very long time. The study published in the Astrophysical Journal that told you was published is the first to map the full extent of the Sagittarius galaxy and show in visually vivid detail how its debris wraps around and passes through our Milky Way. And Sagittarius is 10,000 times smaller in mass than the Milky Way, so it's getting stretched out, torn apart, and gobbled up by the bigger Milky Way galaxy. When you look up at the night sky and you see that swath of, if you have no light, uh, you know, no light pollution, you look up at the sky, you see that big swath of stars going across. And you say, oh, that's the Milky Way. Well, scientists found out that that's not the Milky Way. This is new information. That is actually the Sagittarius being merged into the Milky Way. It's where it wraps around. And I'll show you right here. This is what you're looking at when you look up at the night sky with no light pollution, where these red stars are. Across here, okay, let me see if I can make this more full screen for you, too. Uh, where these red stars are, this is where you're looking up at the actual Sagittarius. And what you're finding is where it merges with the Milky Way and how the Milky Way is actually absorbing this Sagittarius dwarf galaxy and merging. Now, when you see this yellow dot right here, this yellow dot, this is where the Sagittarius merges with uh, the Milky Way. And it's the exact point in which where our solar system was dropped into place from Sagittarius. We now know that our entire solar system is alien to the Milky Way galaxy making every single one of us and every planet, sun, and moon in this solar system an alien to this galaxy. We came from another place. That's what alien means. So who are the aliens? We all are. We actually all are from Sagittarius. Okay. And this merger is still in the process of happening, and it will continue on for a few more hundred billion years. Uh, And then the Milky Way galaxy will be merged completely with this and all these additional stars and planets will be added to the Milky Way galaxy but we originated from Sagittarius this is information that the majority of people on this planet don't even know exists because that's how new this information is okay this is an example of a merger between galaxies this animation depicts the collision between our Milky Way galaxy and the Andromeda galaxy. Hubble Space Telescope observations indicate that the two galaxies, pulled together by their mutual gravity, will crash together in about four billion years from now. Around six billion years from now, the two galaxies will merge to form a single galaxy. This video shows the Triangulum galaxy which will join in the collision and perhaps later merge with the Andromeda Milky Way Pier. Courtesy of NASA, the European Space Agency and F-Summers. And you can see see the billions of years building up in the lower right corner. We're at five billion years, how these galaxies are merging. So we're getting very close here in the merger soon the Milky Way and Andromeda will be one complete galaxy. And uh, the view from Earth will look very, very different (laughs) in a few billion years, which you're going to see here in a second. Turn this down soon. So you can see here, billions of years from now, the Milky Way will collide with the Andromeda galaxy. So you're looking at what we now call milk amida. Okay. This is what it's going to look like. And ironically, uh, we're going to need a merger like this because our sun is going to run out of fuel. Our sun is middle aged. Our sun only has about five billion years left. So by the time this merger fully happens in seven billion years, our sun will be a white dwarf. Uh, and so that hence the need for breakaway civilizations hence the need why advanced civilizations look for other planets to move to because suns don't live forever a lot of suns that can that can, um that can help harbor life within the solar system they only have a limited amount of fuel, usually ten to twenty billion years, and that's about it okay all right. Now, what's interesting here is um, there is a a writing called the Epic of Atrahasis. And the Epic of Atrahasis is a very, very important epic. It's a Sumerian cuneiform uh, writing. It's in tablet format. You can get it. You can see it at the... If you want to see it in person, you can actually see it at the British Museum, okay? And you can also... Get a copy of it on Amazon. You can buy the, the translation of it. You can also. Uh, and it was translated by George Smith uh, many, many years ago in 1800s. This is not any work of any more any modern author. These translations are, are very old, are very, very old. Um, and you can also. CLI Cuneiform Online Digital Library. And you can take one of these stones and you can drop the virtual stones into a virtual translator and you can read them right online for free as well. So there's many ways to get access to the information and knowledge in these in in these tablets. There's no excuse for anybody to say that they can't. They don't know what's in there. Now, we know what's in these tablets. It's, It's well known. And I documented in my first couple of episodes that Zachariah Sitchin is a phenomenal researcher and a great man. Uh, They lied about him. They said that he was the only person who translated these tablets. That's an absolute lie. Whoever said that, you can tell right away they never read a tablet in their life and they never researched the tablets. The tablets were translated long before Zachariah Sitchin was even born. All he did was use existing translations and he left the sources for all his his work in his books. Every few paragraphs he left the source of where he came up with the concept and the theory for that part of the book. So he left his breadcrumb trail right there. But people don't read, people don't study. And as soon as one person pops up with something negative to say, millions of people run behind that person as if it's the gospel, unfortunately. And so the Epic of is information that's been well documented and well known for a very, very long time. Long before me, Zacharias Hitchin, uh, you know, Gerald Clark, anybody, Matthew LaCroix, long before we even thought of. This stuff was translated. I just want to get that out there for the skeptics. Uh, it talks about the Apsu being the oldest of beings in their progenitor. It talks about Tiamat, uh, who he is, and, and what will become Earth. It talks about Mumu, the son steward of his house. Marduk is Nibiru, planet of heaven. And it talks about Marduk a lot. Marduk is also known as Amin Ra. That's who that is. That's Amin Ra in the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Marduk and amun Ra, same person. They've made. He's made it into the Bible. He's made it into the Torah. He's made it into the Jewish American Library and so many other texts. So does Enlil and Enki, and they're all in there. I mean, people didn't even know that Enki and Enlil were in the Bible. They, they had no idea. The Anunnaki are in the Bible. They're called the Anak. Uh, so these beings are well known well documented. They, you know, of course the Bible would have them because they copied everything from the Sumerian tablets. Marduk is used to, used to uh, represent a planet called heaven. And this is in the creation story of our solar system because he was given power by the leadership of the gods. And so it's a pretty interesting story. What he did was uh, the initial um, copy of this story was in the Enuma Elish and the original, the oldest version. And in that version, Nibiru was a planet in there. That had moons, and those moons had crashed into a planet in our solar system that we know as Tiamat, which we now know as the asteroid belt, because the asteroid belt is, a, is an exploded planet. There was a collision, a planetary collision, millions of years ago, and um, and that collision created the asteroid belt. A huge chunk of that planet Tiamat, which had water-bearing uh, and, and land, water was water-bearing planet with land on it it broke away with all that organic material in life and it recoalesced in the position we are now as Earth. Earth is a chunk of another planet, which is now the remains of it are now the asteroid belt. That's where Earth came from. And our moon was tugged along. It was the moon of Tiamat and it was gravitationally pulled along into this position. The moon, to me, was in some way much later potentially artificially put into a geostationary orbit, synchronous orbit, where we we can only see one side of the moon at any given time by the way that it rotates. And then also, I personally believe, based off of uh, ground penetrating radar evidence that we have from Arecibo, that the moon itself uh, has been mined. And there's something on the inside of the actual moon, some type of a, of a structure, whether it's ancient or not. I don't know. But I can tell you that. Anyone can get this, these images from USGS.gov and take a look at the ground penetrating radar. And it didn't take a a genius to figure out there's something beneath the surface. (laughs) That's why it rang like a bell when they crashed a lander into it years ago. right. So the Atra epic, this is the tablet here. It has a version of the flood story. It talks about the Anunnaki coming from another planet. It uh, also has a very interesting story because it also it also is talking about um, the fact that there were people uh, living on Mars. They were called the EGG, according to these tablets. And these EGG were like this working class Anunnaki. Uh, Anunnaki just means people that come from heaven to earth. It doesn't mean any particular race. It's a it's a generalized term. Just like if I was to leave Earth and go to another planet and see where you're from, I would say I'm from Earth. I'm an Earthling. But, I mean, that's just the overall umbrella. Underneath that, then I can go into, right, I can go into, the, um, I'm an Earthling from this continent, North American continent. Then I can go from North American continent. I can say, well, I'm from uh, this uh, country in the North American continent, and I'm from this actual state. And then I can go down to city. I can even go down to you know, the street and my home address, you know, and then I can even go down to what race I am and what gender. So there's a breakdown there. Anunnaki is a general umbrella term for people coming from heaven to earth, from space to a planet. These Ajiji were up there on Mars. And in Genesis, there's an account of them as well. Uh, These are the angels because they were also known as the angels. They fell from heaven to earth. They went from Mars to earth To go to battle against god just like it says in the bible anu was the god of the or the leader of these anunnaki pantheon and he uh his son enki and his other son enlil were here on earth and when the Ijiji realized they had all three of those guys in one location at the same time and they wanted to go to war against them and the reason why they wanted to go to war because they got tired of doing all the work and the labor they were being treated as slaves and they weren't slaves they worked and labored for two hundred and fifty thousand years. They didn't have any human workers or that that didn't exist yet. It was just them doing hard labor. So they said, "Okay, this is it, man. We're done. We're going to we're going to go to war." They decided to go to war, so they fell from Mars to Earth. They fell from heaven to Earth to go to war, and they basically uh, rebelled against God. That's that's the whole story, right? They. They went against a new Ankian and Lil in the Sumerian tablets, which is where the story came from. And what they did this right at a place called Adam's Calendar in South Africa, which exists and now has been de- designated as the oldest discovered gold mine, which is exactly what they were doing there, mining gold. The gold mine dates back to 200,000 years ago. Again, all the alignments are happening through geology and modern uh sciences linking the ancient tablets and and again more circumstantial evidence right so just just really good stuff and so in the Atrahasis epic they decide to go to war Enki says man we got to figure something out we're outnumbered here and these people are they're they're really trying to do this to us so he says i have an idea there is an existing uh hominid on this planet and so what we can do is we can add our essence to them that means genetically do some some tinkering and we can get them to do the labor we can get them to do the work there was an actual suggestion about using artificial uh, beings because they had a couple of these artificial beings working at the medical facility but you see the anunnaki they were smart they realized they must have had something bad happen in the past because they were like then they would outnumber us and they would why would they need us so they even realized how ai and artificial technology and robots in a mass amount Not a good thing. (laughs) They knew this. Not a good thing. They said, no, we're going to take this biological creature and we're going to play with it. And we're going to make this thing here do the work, something that we can control. And so that's what they did. So they genetically modified the existing hominid on this planet. They initially, first of all, what they did was they took a couple of the hominids on the planet and they started trying to clone them. them. That was our cousins. They weren't homo sapiens sapiens, but they were our cousins. And I think that they were probably smarter than us, not technologically, but spiritually. They were more connected to nature. They had bigger brains and bigger skulls. We know this for a fact already because we found the bones. They probably had bigger pineal glands. They probably could use telepathy and, and things like that. They had more DNA connected because now we have disconnected DNA all of a sudden. So I think that, that what we're calling what they're calling junk DNA used to be connected in our ancestors. Uh, but they they started trying to clone them at first. The cloning would work, but they couldn't get the clones to reproduce. Just like if you take, uh, um, you know, uh, two cloned animals and try to make them, they can't reproduce or you take a lion and a tiger, you create a ligand. Right. But the ligand can't reproduce. Same thing was happening. So they had a conundrum here. They had a big thing because they needed more speed of production of these beings to do this work. Or they were going to end up going to war again. Right. So uh, ISIS said, you know what? I have an idea. I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to I'm going to take one of these babies to term. So they took a female. They took the egg out and then they took some of the Anunnaki sperm and other genetic material and they mixed it together. This is what we call making a zygote in modern Science. This is what we do right now. And IVF, we do we do this. We create a zygote. And so she took that modified egg and inserted it into her womb. And then she went a term of 10 months, according to the tablets, and gave birth to the first baby. And she called it the Adamu, A-D-A-M-U. And that translates from Sumerian into first man. That's what that means. First man, the Adamu. And there's a famous uh, cylinder scroll of her holding up this, uh, the baby, the Adamu, in her hands, and she says, "My hands have made it," and that was the birth of Adam that we know. And we know, we know in the biblical text is Adam. He was the Adamu, the first man. He wasn't the first person on earth. There were already millions of people here long before Adam got here. When they say first man, they're talking about the first genetically perfect, perfected version. Of Homo sapiens sapien that should be able to now reproduce and help them build their worker army. And so they started mating him with these clones at Eden, the Garden of Eden, E-D-I-N, where Satan was the person in charge that was in uh, Lil's other name, Satan. So Satan, the Lord of Eden, oversaw all the operations there. And that was located in Mesopotamia, which is now modern day Iraq. That's where the cradle of civilization is. OK, um, and the he was made in with clones, but they weren't able to reproduce. So they said, OK, we got to we got to take do something else. They took some of his bone marrow. This is where the whole story about the rib comes from. They didn't take the rib out. They took some bone marrow. They took some DNA from him. They created Eve. They made him and Eve and they saw, okay, now we're making some progress here. Now we're making, now this worked. And the Garden of Eden, you would find that they had specific times that they would mate. It was like stalls, almost like horse stalls. And they had guards. And you would find that the man that they were, uh, you know, that they were now homo sapiens sapiens, they would bring them out to mate with women only at specific times. This place was a giant laboratory, if you will an outdoor laboratory with guards there to make sure people were mating at specific times. It was a breeding farm. Okay. It was a breeding farm and you would get in trouble if you were mating outside of the time you were supposed to mate and all this other crazy stuff. It's wild. This is what they were doing. Uh, So it's pretty interesting. This is all in the Atrahasis epic, right? This is why I dig into these ancient tablets because the information in these tablets is so key to understanding what really happened in the ancient past because you got people running around talking about Adam and Eve were the first two people. And then from Adam and Eve, we got everybody on the planet. Now, you know darn good and well, if you have sex with your sister or your brother and then them baby come out and you and that baby has sex with that baby. and th- There's no way you're going to get enough genetic material to create a civilization of, of eight billion people. You know, good and well, it ain't going to work. That's why you're not supposed to have mate with your sister and your cousin and your brother and all that. Right. Because. There's, there's there's no genetic diversity, which means you're going to end up having uh, deformities, mental illness. Uh, you know you're going to have a, bo- a a baby's dying. You're going to have uh, you know all this kind of stuff. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna work out. You're not going to get the seven point eight billion mating mating the same people over and over again. Uh, billions of people, mi- millions of people were on the planet uh, at the time. As a matter of fact, when you get to the when you get to Cain and Abel, when Cain killed Abel. And he was getting kicked out of Eden. And and Lil told him, who was also known as Yahweh in the Bible. He tells him, uh, he he tells he tells him, Lil, he tells, he tells him, he says, Hey, well, the well, the people out there are gonna kill me if you kick me out of here. Right? What people? Like, and, and and Lil's like, oh Yahweh in the Bible, he's like, Well, when you go out there, don't worry, I'm gonna put a mark on you. I'm gonna brand you so the people know, hey, this is my dude. Don't touch my boy right here. This is my boy, don't touch him. So he got branded and he sent them out. All right. And he says, when you get out there, don't worry, you'll find a wife. And he did. He found a wife. and Then, you know, he began the Canaanites. Right. But the, again, the people were already here. I'm talking about a lot of people all over the entire planet. Uh, so uh, but yeah, that's that's the whole thing. That's why it's, you know, ISIS. And if you read the, the, the book of Genesis, which is copied from a lot of the Sumerian tablets and cylinder scrolls. Genesis is the, the generations of Isis. That's where Genesis comes from. Genesis, generations of Isis, because she's the one that gave birth to the Adamu. Okay, and then we find these wars occurring all throughout. All after they started getting all the people, they started all these wars. War, war it was always nonstop battling and fighting. <laughs> it's interesting because, um, you know. They came from wars, right? They flee. They created new breakaway civilizations. They found new refuge, new homes. They started off nice. And then all of a sudden, here come the wars again. let like they we just can't get away from these damn wars. So it's it's something genetically encoded in the DNA. It's 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 in the RNA. It's this is these epigenetic memories. That, that that are just playing out through generation after generation over many eons, right? Because now we go to the Mahabharata and we see more evidence of these ancient wars. And these wars were vicious. Not only were they vicious, but they used some weapons that were really incredible. The Mahabharata is an ancient Indian epic where the main story revolves around two branches of a family of the Pandavas and the Kauravas, who in... Kru Kestra, they have a war and battle for the throne of uh, Haspenpura, all right? And these battles are pretty consistent. Now, there are 100,000 verses, uh, more than that, actually, in the Mahabharata. I have the whole set up here. It's an amazing set. But you find that these people themselves are also who? They're the Anunnaki. <laughs> they're the Anunnaki. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and they're battling each other fighting an asthma attack from yesterday <clears throat> and they're battling each other over and over again and they're using these incredible weapons to do this to, to do this battling and do this war it's pretty crazy all right. Let's see here its longest version consists of over a hundred thousand scola uh, or two hundred thousand individual verse lines. That's how big this this thing is. I think. Let me see how big my set up there is. Uh, it's ten volumes, and each volume is about seven hundred pages. That's how big this 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 volume set is. About one point eight million words in total. The Mahabharata is roughly ten times the length of the Iliad and the Odyssey combined, or about four times the length of the Rayamana, W.J. Johnson has compared the importance of the Mahabharata to the world civilization, that of the Bible, the works of Shakespeare, the works of Homer, uh, the Greek and also the Quran. So when people start telling me there's no evidence of these people, there's no where. where well, we got one point eight billion words in an amazing volume set that tells you the story of these people and the wars fought on multiple planets and everything else right here on earth that you have access to and all it takes for you is to pick up a book and start reading that's all it takes it just takes you to these people weren't sitting around thousands of years ago going you know what i think we want to make up a story about blowing up a planet and people fleeing through space trying to find a new place to live and and, and, no that didn't come on man that didn't exist back then people didn't waste time writing 1.8 1.8 million words to create you to entertain us in the modern time. This information was vital and important. First of all, just getting ink and paper was hard. I mean, you ever seen how it how hard it is to make parchment paper? I mean, have you ever if you haven't, look it up on YouTube. I've seen parchment made in person. I have real parchment uh, you know, that I've got in Egypt. They make it when you go to Egypt. Whoever goes to Egypt with me in twenty twenty two in October, you will see the process of folding these reeds over and flattening and all. Listen, ain't nobody. Paper was so important this 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 particular type of paper because that's all they had to write on. That only the politicians and the kings had access to it. And if you were a uh, a poor person and you got caught with this stuff, you were beat to death. That's how important this stuff was. You had no business even having it in your hands. Okay. So to sit here and tell me that these people just sat around making up sci fi stories, you know, 10,000 years ago, I I don't buy it. I just don't buy it, guys. I'm sorry. They talked about Vamanas in these texts. They talked about making these Vamanas. This is a drawing of one based off one of the descriptions, but these Vamanas. They worked on something called a ferrofluid vortex engine, rotating mercury engine that's electrified and pressurized to 250,000 atmospheres. They talk about the fact that these Vimanas can fly silently. They can actually also hold a complement of men and they could take a complement of men to any planet. Who is sitting around making this stuff up? I don't I don't think they're making it up, guys. I think it's real. Not only did they find the information about the Vimanas, we also find the found the, the the flight plans, the flight plans for the Vimanas, and also the diagram of, uh, of building them as well. So this is well known information that you can look up for yourself. It's not secret knowledge. It's not hidden knowledge. It's actually public knowledge. We find, you know, they talk about chariots of fire representing UFOs of one kind or another. These are all in the Bible now. Spoke, wheels within wheels, gears of time. Uh, The wheel of time or alchemy. And then, you know, a lot of this stuff is talking about snakes or human DNA in the biogenetic experiment set in a physical space and linear time. We're not talking about multidimensionality. We're talking about real people in a real third dimension here. Gods mating with human women to create the human race in their image. These gods were gods with a lowercase g. They were people just like you and me, just with more knowledge, more wisdom, and more technology. And then you have the blue star gods, the blue bloods or the royal bloodlines descending directly from the gods, which they believe to this very day that they had the right to rule over mankind. The mythical battles of heaven and earth, the physical reality versus higher frequency duality. You have the mythical wars between the gods witnessed and depicted by humans since the beginning of time. These people were real and the wars were were real. They weren't fake wars. They happened. they, They occurred. And a lot of the times, human beings were involved in the battles. And a lot of these battles made it even into some of the books and texts known as the Bible, which I'll show you here in a minute. We have weapons of mass destruction, planetary destroying weapons. We have the Brahmastra, which is an astra, or celestial weapon, a celestial weapon. Think of that word celestial. That is a big term to use, celestial weapon created by Lord Brahma. A celestial weapon is a space weapon that has the capability of trans, uh, transcending great distances. It's not a planetary weapon. It's not a ballistic missile They said celestial weapon. It sometimes is known as the Brahma Astra, referring to a missile weapon. As described in a number of the Puranas, the Brahma Astra is considered to be the very deadliest of weapons. When a Brahmastra is discharged, neither a counterattack nor a defense of any kind can stop it. Think about that. When a Brahmastra is discharged neither a counterattack nor any defense of any kind can stop it we're talking about a planetary weapon a weapon that can destroy planets and most likely is the size of a planet or a moon okay in ancient sanskrit writings the brahmastra was a weapon created by brahma along with its more powerful versions like the mamashira the astra and the brahma brahmata astra the Brahma, Brahmastra and Brahmashirastra are said to be the mystical equivalent of the modern day atomic weapons, nuclear and thermonuclear bombs, respectively. OK, they had some serious weapons. You look at the Indus Valley in Mohenjandara on Earth. You see that the buildings there are turned into glass. You see that there's dead bodies in the street today. Right now, this was one of the wars that occurred. One of the uh, pyramid wars that happened, and these weapons were used there. Okay, the weapons that were used at this um, at this area were called the Ramashira Astra, and the uh, the other one was the Bramada Astra. Those two weapons were used in this war, and they they created temperatures of over three thousand degrees, which turned the sand and the buildings into glass it incinerated the people and left them in the street still the bones are still holding hands what was left whatever was left on their bones is so radiated that no animals have ever scavenged the bodies and they're still laying in the same spots today holding hands in the street these dead bodies in the Indus valley in mohenjo you go to Egypt, if you put your hand deep enough in the sands of Cairo, you'll come up with balls of glass. They used to take those glass balls in ancient times and turn them into scarab as honors to the god, the war of the gods. How do you get sand to turn into glass? 3,000 degrees. How come you think that area turned into a gigantic desert? you think it was like that thousands of years ago? It was plush landscape. It was denial. It was... It was uh, palm trees and everything else and then that last pyramid war turned that whole area into a giant desert okay that's where it came from it came from the war it eradicated that entire region with all these weapons and this is what one of the weapons here look like it looks like the same thing you've seen in the star wars movie right the death star here's uh a good example of what i'm talking about in our solar system you see the death star from star wars on the left and on the right, you see a moon. <laughs> and if you look at this moon, this moon is called Iapetus. And what's interesting about this moon, it's got this three-mile-high ridge going right around the equator, putting it together like a, a top and a bottom. And then it's got this octagon on it right here, this perfectly shaped optic octagon. And it's got another one on the other side. You can barely see it from this image here. But what's interesting is it resembles eerily the Death Star from Star Wars. This object, when it was scanned years ago, is thought to be hollow by the space agencies. This is an artificial moonlit that, in my opinion, could be uh, one of these Brahma weapons from ancient times just sitting there now collecting dust in space. see here Con- contrary to proper belief albert einstein did not create the nuclear bomb now was some of his science in physics used in the splitting of the atom yes uh, but not because he was trying to build a nuclear bomb people were taking pieces of his science and his knowledge and utilizing it for other things Just like you can take something, a knowledge that I give you, and you can use it for good. And you can also take that same knowledge and use it for evil. It's up to you. The real person behind it is Robert J. Oppenheimer. And he says, when they they did the first test of the first nuclear weapon, he said, Now I am become death, destroyer of worlds. Okay. In an interview about the first test of the atomic bomb first televised in 1965, as part of a documentary called The Decision to Drop the Bomb, Oppenheimer remarked that upon seeing the test, he thought, now I'm become death, the destroyer of worlds. He was quoting uh, from the 1944 Pramavada, Pramavanda, in his, and that's basically coming out the Hindu scripture known as the Bhagavad Gita. So he's quoting the Bhagavad Gita in his uh, explosion of this nuclear weapon. Again, adding more credence to the fact that these people, they know exactly what they're doing. They're getting a lot of these weapons, the ideas and the concepts for these for these weapons and even the the design and how to build them and what they're supposed to accomplish from ancient text. Because it's all in the text. The text, you read these texts, you read them like a doggone physics book. You can put things together. And he's not the first person to do these, these kind of reconstructions from ancient knowledge. Hitler was Hitler was one. All right. He built the Hanabu craft from uh, getting down there to Antarctica after going through a lot of ancient texts and tracking down the uh, the uh, the monks in Tibet and then getting directed to Antarctica with a combination of ancient knowledge and text and and uh, and some channeled material along with these beings that he found these pre adamite people that he found in Antarctica. He was able to build ships that were anti-gravitic. Right. And it always goes back to wars. And a lot of these wars even made it into the Bible because the Bible copies a lot of their information from these ancient tablets. The Old Testament is a combination of the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, the Enuma Elishan and Seven Tablets of Creation, the Atrahasis Epic, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Code of Hammurabi. Uh, all these texts made up, you know, and, and a few more. The Tibetan Book of the Dead is a little bit there, uh, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, some of that as well in the Old Testament. Uh, but but all these texts are what people over time rewrote copy from, made little tiny scripture scrolls from them, right? Cylinder scrolls and things like that. And then all of a sudden, somebody even later than that, in 100 AD to 900 AD, decided to start putting these together in the format of a book. And the Council of Nicaea picked what was going to go in, what was going to go out, what was going to stay, what wasn't going to stay. And that's how you got the modern day Bible. It's a hodgepodge of plagiarized content. But the wars from the Anunnaki are evident in there. If you go into the book of Deuteronomy, which is what they never want you to read, they never want you to talk about this in church. Nobody wants to talk about this book of Deuteronomy. They don't want to talk about it. I've tried to talk to people about it. Christians don't want to bring it up. They don't even want to hear it because you know why? It's going to prove my point. (laughs) And the point is two things. The first thing is in the Bible where you see the word God, singular, singular, that's a mistranslation by accident on purpose, by accident on purpose. They actually accidentally on purpose forgot the S. Everywhere where you see the word God in the Bible is supposed to be God's plural. They decided to take off the S to bring the same, to keep the idea, the concept of monotheism, a one God religion. But you go back into the ancient text and you translate going backwards the deeper you go, the more you find out, oh, this is the original translation. Oh, they they modified it. Okay, this is what happened here. And you also find out that in the book of Deuteronomy, these are the wars of the gods using human beings as chattel, like the same thing they do today. You see where God tells the people, kill the entire town. If one person worships another god, what other god? Or he's talking about his relatives is what he's talking about. These people were so jealous of one another. They all wanted to have dominance and control over the whole planet. They couldn't even just take care of the little area that they were in. They wanted everything, and they were using human beings to do it. Suppose you're here in one of those towns, the Lord your God is giving you, that some worthless rabble among you have led their fellow citizens astray by encouraging them to worship foreign gods. In such cases, you must examine the facts carefully. If you find that it is true and can prove that such a detestable act has occurred, among you, you must attack the town and completely destroy all of its inhabitants as well as all the livestock. Then you must pile all the plunder in the middle of the street and burn it. Put the entire town to the torch as a burnt offering to the Lord your God. Now tell me, do you really think that's the creator of the universe making this kind of a of a statement here? Because if you do, now you might need to go get your head checked because that is not the creator of a universe. The creator of a universe is not going to go from all the way up top above all the universes and come all the way down in here and say, hey, guys, this person might be doing a little something I don't like. Go kill everybody. Doesn't make any sense. It's irrational thinking. It says, this uh, <laughs> is too, too funny to me. Then you must pile the plunder. keep none of the plunder that has been set apart for destruction then the lord will return his his fierce anger and be merciful to you he will have compassion on you and make you a great nation so he he brainwashes these people into thinking they're going to have this great nation if they listen to him and go kill all these people they do the same thing today right you go to high school you don't got no money for college you're just you're like this poor person you're this poor kid right And so what they say is, well, I don't got no future. Well, I got to go join the military. So you go join the military and then the military says, Hey, you kid, I'm going to send you halfway around the world. I want you to take this $5 million weapon and blow up this guy and his whole family that's riding his camel with this $50 tent. And so you go ahead and you press that button and you blow them people up and you go, Hey, I'm a good guy. Really? I just wanted to go to college. In your mind, you rationalize the murder you committed Because you're thinking, hey, I'm just following orders. I'm not really a bad person. You see what I'm saying? They did the same thing to these people. They're doing the same thing today. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And this is why understanding the past is important. This is why knowing what the hell happened is important. Because they're pulling the same stunt on you right now. And you're telling people, oh, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you for your service. And all this other kind of stuff. Meanwhile, these people are killing people halfway around the world for no reason. They don't even know these people. And this is why since 2001 till today 27 to 30 military people commit suicide every single day we're over 300,000 suicides now veterans not not live military active military veterans over 300,000 veterans are out of here commit suicide you know why oh they realized what happened they realized what they did they they somebody with a $5,000 suit sent them around the world to kill people so that they can get richer. And when they got back here, they didn't get any benefit out of it. They got no benefit. Matter of fact, most of these people are homeless, broke, poor. Their credits are all screwed up. I know people in the military right now. All of them got bad credit. All of them struggling. They're living from paycheck to paycheck. They they get transferred from base to base, so they'll go buy a car, knowing that they can't afford the car, but they know when they get transferred to their next base, the government has to pay the car off. So that's how they all have nice cars. They don't have any money for no nice cars. You see, it, it's, 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 it's a pip game, but they're doing this because in their mind, Oh, I'm just following orders. It's okay. But I'm living a like I'm, I'm getting the free rent. I'm getting a, the, 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 the barrack. I got the, I got my, my medical, uh, I, I got this nice car, you know, meanwhile, you following orders of henchmen for a living. And the same thing was happening back then. Didn't change. But if you don't understand what's going on here, then you just go sign up for the military right away, thinking it's all good. Not realizing you're getting ready to get used like a pawn. The Lord, your God, will be merciful on you. Obey him and keep His all the commandments I'm giving you today, doing what is pleasing to him. That's Deuteronomy. Crazy stuff. Here goes some more. Let me show you this one. Kill men, kill women, kill children. Then I heard the Lord say unto the other men, this is God speaking again. Now you tell me if this is. Somebody that you would respect as a creator of a universe. Then I heard the Lord say to the other men, follow him through the city and kill everyone whose forehead is not marked. Show no mercy. Have no pity. Kill them all. Old and young, girls and women and little children. Do not touch anyone with the mark. Begin your task right here at the temple. So they began by killing the 70 leaders. Defile the temple, the Lord commanded. Fill its court guards with the bodies of those you kill. Go. So they went through the city and did as they were told. Ezekiel 9, 5 through 7. Okay, you see what I'm saying? This is garbage, man. This is what the Lord of Hosts has to say. I will punish what Amalek did to Israel when he bar, uh, barred his way as he was coming up from Egypt. Go now, attack uh, Amalek and deal with him and all that has he has under the ban. Do not spare him, but kill men, women, children, and infants, oxen and sheep, camels and asses. People follow this psychopathic person that they're calling their God. This is what they're following. They're following a, a stone-cone killer. Well, <coughs> what I found in the Bible, along with these ancient tablets and texts, it's always the God that's ordering all the murder. So if you go and do a tally on who's been killed in the Bible, who ordered all the killing, the person that ordered all the killing is not Satan. (laughs) It ain't the devil that you think. It's this God that's doing all the murdering and the killing. Pretty interesting. That's why I believe that there's a God, but not the one inside these religious books, then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take the entire army and attack I, for I have given you the king of Ai, his people, his city, his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the captured goods and the cattle for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city so that Joshua and the army of Israel set out to attack I. Joshua chose 30,000 fighting men and sent them out at night with these orders hide and ambush in ambush and close behind the city and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of I will come out to fight as they did before. And we will run away with one of them, with them. And we will let the, uh, we will let them chase us until they have left the city for they will say, the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then you will jump from your ambush and take possession of the city for the Lord, your God will give it to you, set the city on fire as the Lord has commanded, you have your orders. You see this foolishness? This is garbage. These are, all, these are Sumerian, and these are Anunnaki people fighting each other that is spread from uh, Mesopotamia throughout the entire region. But not only that, it went even global because no matter where you read these stories from, it's always the same thing. These gods are commanding their people to go fight another god's people to kill them and take the spoils of war. And then they get more land, they get more kingship, they get more dominance over other areas of land. It's a way of acquiring more, uh, building your empire. That's what it is. Okay. This is a good example of what I was talking about. Hey, don't blame me, kid. Those politicians in Washington sent me here. I'm a good guy, really. Right. You see this kid here? I mean, this is what happens. This, This guy, he goes and. He listens to his God, which is the military guy, right? Because trust me, they put that military guy above the real God. And then they go and they follow up, but they follow through with that order, man. They don't miss. But in their mind, they try to justify it. Oh, man, I'm just following orders. I'm not a a bad person. Oh, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Don't lie to yourself, man. You screwed up. So, where are we? at Nine o'clock? We're going to <clears throat> we're gonna go next week into Uruk. Yeah, we're gonna go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, okay. Not, I'm gonna stop here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two more slides, and then I'm gonna stop and answer some questions before I go. So Uruk, and, I'll, and then I'll proceed after because I want to show you something. So here we have uh, Uruk, which is a, a, a old establishment still kind of standing here. Uh, this area is one of the areas of evidence of one of the first wars and blasts one of the first uh, areas of kingship on the planet Earth. Uh, You can find it also in the Sumerian Kings, which I'll be covering uh, next time. And uh, what's interesting is this place is tied to a lot of wars. Here's a cylinder scroll that depicts uh, one of these beings dropping what looks like a bomb, and you can see the explosion, and you can see the The arrows pushing out in different directions, depicting uh, force. Okay, pretty interesting. And this is Mohenjandaro, the massacre. You can see the bodies are still laying out in the street today, right now. And you can see that these if you go there with a Geiger counter, you'll find that these bodies are still irradiated at a higher level than background radiation. And no animals have scavenged any of the body parts because the animals don't want to eat radiation. These are the wars of the gods happening on Earth. Here goes uh, a dead body almost kind of infused into the staircase at mohenjo daro And so mohenjo daro is in the Harappa in Pakistan and it gave the first clue to the existence of more than 4,000 years of a civilization a long time ago. And these cities demonstrated an exceptional level of civic planning and amenities. They were on the same level as yeah. um, some of the Atlantean, uh, uh, I guess, uh, not civilizations, but cities. Like the one that I saw in, um, I went to Santorini, then I went from Santorini, I, I went down to Akrotiri, And there was this ancient Atlantean city there that got buried by volcanic ash. And it had everything that this place had. It had an actual aqueduct. It had uh, they had flushing toilets. They had a whole plumbing system in the house and throughout the entire city. They had running water. They had it was just an incredible thing to see the structure, the way the buildings were built. They even had rebar inside the, the concrete. It was incredible. This is like advanced structures. Um and this place, Mohenjandaro, it had all the signs of a highly technological civilization, but what's left of it now is you know buildings that have turned into glass and dead bodies. The wars of the gods, more evidence of these Anunnaki on Earth. These are some battling, warring people that uh had wars millions of years ago, forced them to flee from where they originated from, forced them to break, become breakaway civilizations. And then when they found their new homes and created their new civilizations, what happened? They brought the wars back again. And when what the problem with that is, is they taught us how to fight in these wars. If you read the book of Enoch, which I'll go over one day, in Enoch, you see that the fallen angels, which are really these people, they came down and taught us how to make weapons and how to fight. Okay? Okay. Um, And according to Enoch, these people came from space to Earth. And not only that, they took him into space when he described the shape and the color of the planet from space. And yes, he said it was a sphere. He said it was round, a ball. But uh, what's what's amazing is, is that these teachings of how to fight and how to make war and following these deadly orders without question. We see that how it's been ingrained into our DNA till this very day. And all you got to do is look around the planet and look at all the wars. You see, there's no, there appears to be no heavy Anunnaki presence, although we don't know it. They could be running from behind the scenes, ruling from behind the scenes. But overall, we get into enough fight problems on our own. We fight each other on our own without them. We don't even need them to keep the wars going. We're ready to fight in the heartbeat because wars generate income. And so that's the problem that we're facing. But until we get the youth to study and understand how how we've been manipulated, what they've done to us, how they've done it, and why we're fighting each other. We'll continue to have people growing up thinking it's okay to join militaries to go kill people on the other side of the planet based off the order of somebody who's never going to get into a fight themselves. You know, never going to, never going to get into a fight themselves. Now you want to stop wars. I have the solution. All you have to do is say, okay, Mr. President, okay, Mr. Emperor or King or whatever you are, you guys want to go to war? This is the rules now. In order for us to go to war, you have to be on the front line, and so does your oldest kids. You you guys, y'all lead the fight on the front line, hand-to-hand combat battle. You must face off with the other sides, emperor or king or queen or you got, uh, uh, whoever you're angry with. You guys go hand-to-hand battle first on the front line, and then we come behind you. I guarantee you there won't be another war on this planet. There'll be very few wars left after you, After you. if that became a global mandate, right? They, what do they do? They use the poor and the ignorant to go out and do their fighting for them. They sit back in the $3,000 suit and all the silk robes and everything else and the crowns, and they get you. They pimp you into doing their dirty work, and you willingly do it for the crumbs that they toss at you. They throw you crumbs and you do it without question, without asking, just boom, it's done. And then after they get done with you, they toss you away. You're useless waste to them. You mean nothing to them. And it's the same thing in the ancient past. Nothing has changed. This is why we have to understand what they've been doing. You got to wake up and say, wait a minute, they've been doing this stuff for how many millions of years? How many thousands? I'm sorry, thousands of years? We can't continue on this path. We'll never get to a golden age. And that's the importance of the information that I'm trying to bring to you guys. So let me stop sharing my screen. Let me go back to the main screen here. All right. I appreciate you guys. I'm telling you, you got to talk to these kids. Why do I people, why do you make music? Why are you doing, I'm doing music. I'm doing, why am I doing rap music? I'm not really rapping, but I'm producing and things like that and bring i'm trying to get to these kids they got to get knowledge they got to get information they have to get something they can't keep getting molly and this and that and all this other crazy stuff they're rapping about and singing about these days so they need to get some knowledge in their head so they can stop making these mistakes at some point if the parents ain't stopping them damn it i'm gonna try to stop them but i gotta do it in ways that i can creatively get into their head because i can't just walk up to every kid on the street and, and give them and tell them i gotta find creative ways to get to them you know And if we don't start with the kids, man, we're screwed. We're absolutely screwed because we're going to get to keep the same cycle going. They don't have this ancient knowledge because I'm telling you, if you get this ancient knowledge, what I just told told you today about these wars and how we've been getting pimped into fighting each other and doing these wars by these fake gods, which now the fake gods are politicians. If we don't stop doing this, we're not going to get to a. There will never be peace because they don't want peace. They don't want it. What they want is they want to keep that war machine going so they can keep generating income for themselves because war creates money. It generates a lot of money. And you're just expendables. You guys are just expendables. And anybody who gets killed, even civilians who get killed, it's just collateral damage. It means nothing to them. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. We knew that we had calculated this amount of people were going to get screwed up. Just like before Obama left office. His final command was to drop that bomb over there and it ended up blowing up a school bus with kids on it on their way to school. You know, you think he shed a tear for that? Please. He ain't shed no damn tear for that. He didn't shed no tear. He didn't shed people. Obama, Obama. This guy killed so many women and children. His bombs, his drones killed a lot of uh, women and children in hospital. It blew up. High, I think he killed, blew up four hospitals five school buses in the, in the eight years i mean come on guys are you kidding me you're killing kids and women and children that come on man what we, we gotta wake up we gotta wake up and it, this is the same stuff that's been happening since ancient times period period all right so anyway listen it's past my time here it's nine ten. all right um I really appreciate everybody for hopping on here today. Thank you for any of the chat donations uh, from YouTube. I saw some super chat donations coming. I really appreciate that. Tomorrow you'll see me making a video dropping off a lot of toys from all the chat donations to Toys for Tots. So I'll be going there tomorrow with those bags. And uh, so that's what I do, guys, when you guys make donations. I use that money and spend it on kids. And tomorrow I'll be taking another huge batch of toys, the Toys for Tots, make a video from that. And I'll post a video up here on YouTube or wherever uh, you you see this video. Most likely it goes on YouTube. And from there, I'll maybe drop a link on any of the other accounts. All right. But all my stuff is on YouTube from all the things that we've done. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, And a lot of quick couple of updates here. Uh, January 8th and 9th. I'm doing the Manifest Destiny Virtual Retreat. It's a 12-hour class, 12 hours. And I'm going to drop the link here uh, in this chat right quick, okay? Uh, If you want to register for that event, I have six dynamic speakers. I have the world-famous David Icke. I have uh, my sister. My sister is an amazing teacher in fitness. She's a four-time world champion natural bodybuilder. We have um, Dr. Julisa. She's a naturopathic doctor and healer. She has some amazing healing modalities and um, a ways to cure very specific. I can't say the word cure. She's helped people with very difficult to cure diseases, and she's had a lot of success over the years and a huge testimonial list. And she's phenomenal. I've known her for some time now. She's phenomenal. She's going to be on there talking about those type of hacks, as well as mental hacks and also, sexual hacks as well. Sexual health. Okay. She's a she's a real doctor. She's phenomenal. Uh, we have Cyber Yoga coming on. That's Lamont. He's going to be doing a virtual yoga class for you. We have uh, Kenny Garcia, also known as Cruz. He's going to be doing a very special meditation course. We have Orisha Oshun, which will teach health hacks and dieting. And I'll be teaching all new manifesting techniques or all new science. So it's going to be a dynamic event. Let me grab the link here, right quick, and drop it. It's also going to be in the caption of this video. Uh, I believe it will. It should be. If not, I'll add it later. But I'm going to add the link into the live chat right now, so that you can get. You guys can get a chance to uh, get it. Let me see. Manifest, destiny, and two more quick updates. I just drop it in the chat. I launched a new private group on my unite the 99 social media app called date conscious date conscious. The press release just went out. And so why did I start date conscious? It's a group on unite the 99. It's a private group. So you get my app unite the 99, right? It's a social media app. It's a free app on iOS and Google play. And you download it install it, sign up for a free account. It's a social media. You could post stories. You can post, um, Links, you can post pictures and videos, whatever you want. Also, if you're a verified account, you can go live. But also, um, there's groups in there. And one of the groups is called Date Conscious. It's a premium private group. You can join that group and you can actually go in there for conscious dating. So I decided to do this because, you know, being myself, being um, coming from being single after many years, I've been in a relationship now for, for about a year. But you know, being single, you know, off and on, and realizing that one of the biggest things that I never had was uh, the ability to talk to somebody that was conscious and be dating somebody that was really on, you know, on the same things that I was on. It was always a problem. They would pretend or try to be, but they never really truly were. And when you first meet somebody, you can't just start tell them I'm into the Anunnaki and UFOs, or I'm into meditation and chakras and all of this kind of stuff. A lot of the time, they think you're you're crazy. So you, you don't talk about those things. So you actually put your fake self in and you try to become what we call a normal person. And you try to have normal conversations, which really bores you to hell. You can't even stand the conversations. you just going along with it. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've been in relationships and even got married and had kids off of those kind of situations where I really wasn't into the person. I just figured well, I'm never going to find anybody, you know, in this thing. I mean, think about, you know, my oldest kid is 31. Think about me going back that many years and in the dating process i mean there was no i was already on this stuff from back then nobody had this in their head you know how hard it is to walk around like uh like a doggone cup that's overflowing with water that's how much knowledge i had in my head and not not even one person to talk to this is for before the internet (laughs) this is before uh social media and websites this is before that stuff didn't even exist yet i think we were back on the motorola brick phone back then that just came out probably But um, I had all this in my head and I couldn't even talk. I was I was a prisoner of my own mind. Right. You meet a woman, a girl or whatever. they, They don't want to hear this kind of stuff. So you have to you just settle, you know, just whatever. You know, i was never happy. And I decided to make a group for this called Date Conscious, a premium premium group on my app to give people the ability to go in there and know right away that the person that they're trying to talk to is going to be open to having them talk about the things that they like to talk about. You don't have to be, you don't have to hide yourself. You don't have to, um, be fake. You can be your true self. And, you know, so that's what it's all about. Um, so, uh, you know, you can get the unite the 99, unite the 90. I'm gonna put the link in here too. unite the 99, U N I T 99.com. You can go to the website too. And you can actually, um, from the website, you can sign up, or you can go to the app store and get the app. It's a five star app, and you can go and get uh, join date conscious. And maybe you'll find somebody that's interested in the same things that you're interested in. There are there is no bio to fill out and all these kind of things to fill out to because people just lie on that stuff. They make that stuff up. They want to sound good, right? So you just go in there. They already know if you're on my app. They know they know what you're about already. So you can just start vibing right away. You know. And so I think it's going to be a place, a great place for people to meet each other and talk and and uh, more people are meeting each other from around the world today because of the Internet. However, um, because of the way society is and the fact that people on these on the level that we're at are so spread out, how do you find them? How do you put them in one place? So that's the goal of this, to, to get everybody on the same page. So join the app, Unite the 99. There is no algorithms there. There's no suppression. You can post whatever you want. There's nobody going to come behind you and and, and, and and fact check you and all this crazy garbage. It's uh, give you the freedom of speech and you can go in there and you can meet people. OK. Uh, and, uh, and the last thing I'm going to tell you guys is that my um, on my web, my my TV network, Forbidden Knowledge TV. I'm adding new programming code to Forbidden Knowledge TV, and I will be able to go live on Forbidden Knowledge TV. So I'll be able to do live workshops on my TV network. So the only people that will get access to these workshops are people that are subscribers. So other than this uh, event that I have coming up with this, which is huge, this uh, manifest destiny 2022, which is going to be incredible after that one, The rest of my workshops for the rest of the year are all going to be free to my subscribers. So if you subscribe to Forbidden Knowledge TV, you're going to be able to attend all of my workshops and classes for the entire year at no cost. Okay, not going to cost you a penny. And so it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be um, very cost effective because the membership for Forbidden TV is only seven bucks and. Some of my workshops cost two and $300, some 150 some only 100 some have been only 49 It depends on what the topic is, the length of the workshop. A lot of them are five, six, some 10 hours. Some have been 15 hours. So it just depends on the length, the size, and how many people are speaking. But if you are a subscriber in 2022, all the workshops, you get access to every single one for free. Okay? So that's my next big move, all right? So it's going to be a huge year in 2022. And we have a lot of brand new shows coming out. I'm really excited about the new shows coming out in 2022. My new show comes out. The first one's supposed to air this week, but it might end up being next week for editing. (coughs) Excuse me, it's called Ancient Connections. And I'm really excited about Ancient Connections because it's going to cover a lot of the footage that I've been taking recently around the world. And incorporating that into stories and building the connections between ancient civilizations. I'm really excited about that. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed tonight's live podcast. I got to take this. um, I got to take this audio and turn it around and get it up on the audio podcast platforms right away. Somebody said, where's Thoth now? Thoth is everywhere all at once. Why? Because if you study the work of Thoth and you study the knowledge, the wisdom, you read the tablets, a fractal of his consciousness enters into your consciousness. And by that method, he's everywhere. Okay, he's everywhere. That's the same thing, like, for example, Yeshua, also known as Jesus, right? Yeshua is a real person that really existed. I've been to the house that he lived in when he when he was the age of 12, growing up, attending the Egyptian mystery schools in Coptic Cairo. It's still there. Anybody can go there. It's not off limits. It's not top secret. It's right out there in the open. Um, and Even the bed that he slept in is still there, actually, believe it or not. You can go there and see that. It's the shrine now. But he never said that he was going to return. He never said, Jesus never said, I'm returning. He said that Christ would return. What is he talking about? He's talking about a fractal of consciousness, a certain way of thinking. There have been many Christ before Yeshua, that Christ is just a, uh, it, it, it doesn't specify him. Christ is a term utilized to, under, to specify a specific level of consciousness. And uh, And being born again has nothing to do with getting water splashed on your face and getting dunked in the ocean. No, it has to do with you raising a level of consciousness. And every time you raise your level of consciousness, you now are born again in the spirit. And when you can look back at your previous self and see the level that you came from was below her, that means you're born again. You can be born again many times in the same lifetime. OK, many times in the same lifetime. All right, guys. Um I'm gonna run. This has been a great night, and I'm going to uh, get this audio turned around asap. Get it up on the podcast platforms. Thank you for all the um, you know, all the special donations, the super chats. I know I couldn't get to you know put all of you guys up. But Jenny Davis, I thank you so much, Jenny, and any everyone else that made a super chat donation. I really appreciate you. Um, and just because I couldn't get didn't get a chance to call your name out in real time, didn't mean that I didn't get to see it. I was just in the flow state. I didn't want to blow the flow state. But thank you so much, everyone. And I will catch y'all later. Stay tuned for more amazing updates coming very soon. And also a brand new series from Robert Grant coming exclusively to Forbidden Knowledge TV about the Da Vinci Code. More news coming soon. Hi, I'm Billy Carson, researcher, speaker, and best-selling author of the Compendium of the Emerald Tablets and Woke Doesn't Mean Broke. I'm inviting you to join me on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv to enjoy hours of great programming. Learn the secrets of ancient Egypt, unexplained structures on the moon and Mars, financial literacy, holistic and healthy lifestyles. Go now to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv and get three days free. While there, you can enter to win a Rolls Royce. That's ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. You are watching Forbidden Knowledge TV. Hi, my name is Billy Carson, and I'm the president of Forbidden Knowledge. We have an amazing investment opportunity here for anyone who wants to buy shares in Forbidden Knowledge. The money that's generated from this crowdfunding platform is going to be used to bring on a new content acquisitions partner. We're going to hire a new in house graphics designer, a social media manager, A put together a customer service team and a customer service management program that will organize and satisfy all the different legs of Forbidden Knowledge, Inc., as well as and of course, make more improved high quality streaming content for the Forbidden Knowledge TV platform, which right now is featured on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, iOS and Android apps, and also, of course, the Web. The streaming platform is a year old right now and doing very, very well. And we're looking for your support where you can not only be a conscious customer, but also be a part owner in an amazing opportunity that includes streaming TV, book publishing and e-commerce. Grow with us and earn with us Forbidden Knowledge, Inc.,